You're listening to Robert Kelly's You Know What, Dude? on the Glory Hall Radio Network, gloryholeradio.com. Hey, what's up? Why do we always say hey when you open up a radio show or microphone? I know. It's, uh, it sounds great on the mix. Yeah, I was just going to say that. What? I was going to say the mixing board sounds great, but it sounds like someone's chewing gum. <laughs> well, I'm not getting fucking paid by anybody for this. So anyways, this is the You Know What Dude podcast. And you know, dude, at the end of the day. <laughs> is that me? Yeah. Is that, but that could be... Any of us. That could be Norton. No, it's not. Really? <laughs> Norton does the same shit. Yeah. He does it a little differently. No. 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 Um, this is a podcast. This is my podcast. The You Know What Dude podcast with Robert Kelly. And no, I have... he is Norton. Yeah. I hate him. He's awful. <laughs> he ruins things. I know. That's, that, no, that's what you think in your head. No. When you see Norton. <laughs> uh, right now, we're both. If you haven't guessed, it's Colin Quinn who's hanging out with me today. But we're both, for some reason we're both wearing sunglasses. mirrored uh, aviator sunglasses <laughs> on the podcast because Colin put his on to be kind of quirky and interesting to bust my balls, and he didn't know that I had a pair right behind my. I should have known. See, we have a long history of sunglasses. One time we're doing a road <laughs> We go on a road trip, and Bob, we're driving, and Bob really hated the fact that I had so much money, and yet I bought these cheap sunglasses. No, please, please back up and remember the whole story. You just yeah. got LASIK eye surgery. Right. And needed sunglasses. All right. Right. But instead of wearing nice sunglasses, like nice, the LASIK glasses they gave me, I wanted to wear these cheap ones. So for some reason, it bugged Bobby. It bugs me because you're a fucking not a millionaire. But maybe at that time, I don't know, yeah. that was like tough crowd days. Yeah. You had money, dude. You lived yeah. in a fucking luxury building. Yeah. I knew it was to struggle. I didn't have money. I was a hundred air. That's and, right. And I, you had all this money and you could afford to buy a fucking nice pair of sunglasses. So we're driving up to, we're in a gig and we get to the parking lot of whatever it was, fucking rest stop. This, what did you do? This cocksucker reaches over and no. snatches my glasses and we, <laughs> throws them out the fucking onto the road. No, this is what we did. Ah. We were coming out of the, I picked you up at your house for this road gig. Right. And uh, you had your wraparound sunglasses. That's what bugged me too. Yeah. They wrapped around your head. They were those cheapies you buy on the street. Right. From the the, the Africans. Yeah. That, you know. They cost like $5 in those five days. Five Now they're probably eight. Yeah, he he grabbed a pair of those on the way home from LASIK eye surgery. And, you know, most people have to wear glasses and just can't see for their lives. But you get to go get your eyes fixed because you have enough money for that. But apparently you can't splurge on the way home and get the fucking right. nice pair of sunglasses at Sunglass Hut for 60 bucks or 100 bucks. And you got in the car and you loved it. I just, you, it, loved, it made you happy that I hated him so much. Yes, it did. It made Because I knew you had the money and then we were driving and it bugged me so much. We came out of the Burger King and you, you, you were giggling and you had your glasses on. And uh, <laughs> as soon as we hit the highway, I took them off your head and threw them out the window. Yeah. Yeah. You threw them out the, on the highway. And then what did I do, though? Um, you drove on laughing. After that. You drove back and picked them up. No. You bought me a new one. No. Are you fucking... What? You're such a fucking shallow cunt. You don't remember what happened? No. You can just say you don't remember. You don't have to make up... I hey, you ask me what it's, happened. It's fascinating, though, that you actually... You I came, came up, up with, with five different scenarios. That you believed. That you believed I know, each true. one. I was like, ah, that's good. You, oh, went, yeah. you, went, you went back and got them. You bought me new ones. <laughs> Fucking Hey, faking. listen, I'm improv. You're you know, I'm UCB, baby. Ugh. I never deny. I what do they say? Yes, and. You, ne you never say no. Yes, and. I gave you my sunglasses that were expensive sunglasses. Those are nice. I gave you those so you could wear those for that day. Yeah, you love sunglasses. Uh, you know, I, I never, I never, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before. You don't know that about me? Yeah. When I was in Jewish camp for that summer, um, 
I had to go to Jewish camp for a summer because my foster father was Jewish, Ken Laz. And Jewish camp? Sounds, yeah. sounds like uh, Auschwitz. <laughs> no, it's not that. Not <laughs> Jewish camp now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jewish camp now. <laughs> we, we, uh, we had to, <laughs> we had to uh, go to camp, and I was so fucking sad and lonely, I created an alter ego called Shades. And I got a, 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 you know, the tape cassette briefcases you used to have to put all your tape cassettes in. It was like a little briefcase yeah. made out of cardboard. I took all the tape cassette holders in there. I wrote shades in graffiti writing on the inside flap. And then I took all my sun, cheap sunglasses. I didn't have enough money. I bought gas station sunglasses. And I had around 20, 25 pairs of them. And I put them all in the briefcase in a row. And I wrote shades, and that's what I used to call myself. Because every day at the camp, I was a lifeguard. I'd, I'd wear a different pair of shades. That's disturbing. Yeah, nobody knew. Nobody uh, knew. Of I, course not. I wrote shades, thinking that someone would start calling me shades, right? And I just answer to it. Yeah, like you know. But nobody called me shades. Except no, for nobody. Me. How would they know? Because I was wearing sunglasses every day. And, and you I think they'd shades. be like, yo, Shades? Hey, Shades. And you'd yeah. be like, hey, what's up, guy? I think I told one of the kids to call me Shades. I think, I think the only one that knew, aside from you, of course, would be like anybody at Quantico that was profiling fucking serial killers would know. They'd go, this man thinks of himself. Usually a man like this, they'd be at the crime scene going, a man like this usually has an alter ego. Usually somebody who's got like an, a heightened sense of self. Somebody like, you know, either a guy with like crazy hats or like really big muscles or, or sunglasses or something like that. Wears a lot of jewelry. You never, you never had a, you never had an, you never came up with an alter ego? No. Let me ask you this question. When I was a kid and even I did that at camp too. <laughs> that year, I was so. Uh, I was the only Catholic kid there. It was all Jewish kids, and they've right. known each other for years. It was just generation of generation of Jewish kids. No. You know who was there? One of the kids? Fish. John Fish. Oh, yeah. I think you told me that. He was one of the kids. Um, but I, made, I actually made tents. I used to put like blankets around my bed to make a tent to kind of seclude myself. Did you ever make tents as a kid? Oh, yeah, sure. To put the blankets up and try to make a tent, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, have a little sleepover when you're like seven. You fucking put up a tent. Yeah, was, cool. it, was it bad to do it at 18? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Tents are cool. At 18, well, you're a counselor at a camp with other 10-year-olds when they weren't <laughs> making tents and you were making a tent around your bed and calling yourself shades. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, a little... just, I'm just wondering if there was a problem. Yeah, no, I'd say that uh, there's a for deeper minds than ours. That needs a fucking profiler for that one. Yeah, that's a fucking... It's a bad one, man. Yeah. It's a bad one. You're just one step from being that guy that lives in the woods by himself with his sunglasses and, like, drags high school girls there, kills them, and then puts on different shades on them. You're like, and this is Janie. She wears these shades. And everyone's like, oh, really? Where's the rest of her body? No, just her head. You know, shades. <laughs> you just need sunglasses. You need a head. You don't need a body. You're like, yeah, all right. You look around in the woods and all the chairs I've collected, like the... The, the back seat of a car and maybe a milk crate and yeah. all these chairs that I made and there's there's just pieces of bodies with shades on them these girls that I've collected <laughs> yeah. and I'm ha but I'm having a party late night and if the camera pans in it's like, it looks like there's a real campfire going and I'm talking oh, and telling a story that's a and then then you look around and it's just dead girls with shades on that's a great scene yeah it is a great scene some of these fucking that's a great scene creep young fucking talented cocksuckers listen I just wrote it yeah. Turned it in. They're going to use it in their movie. Hmm. How you doing, man? I'm okay. I just got back from the road. You know, I was gone all summer doing the show on the road. I did it in New Haven, Montreal. I did it in Philly. Did it in the Hamptons. Did it in Chicago. You wrapped up in Chicago. Yeah. I right? love Chicago. Was it good? What was I love the, Chicago. What was the best, best spot? In Chicago? No, the best spot, all the places you just named, including New York. If you can put that in there. Um, Would you put New York in there? Nah. I mean, New York was like a six month, nine months. New York months. is Broadway, so you got to take that out. That's the shit. So yeah, but out I mean, of all the other places. Was Chicago. Really? It was just the most crowded, and it was just the best. Like, you know, it's such a theater town. They love the theater there. I didn't know they loved the theater. There. Yeah. They love it there. Really? Oh, it's ridiculous. I didn't fucking know that. Yeah. And that was the best? It was just packed up. No, it was never packed. What about the pizza? 
Yeah, the pizza was great. I mean, deep dish pizza, I'm not really that much of a fan of. And I'll really? tell you why. Because I feel like it's just, you might as well just get chunks. If we talked about this, I think. Just giant globs, chunks of cheese and meat and sauce. Mm. You might as, you're just kidding yourself. It's a pale made out. It's a bread pail filled with cheese and meatballs and, and sauce. Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? Nothing, but I like the. I'm used to the proportional cheese. You're used to you, you like the pizza. You like folding up a pie. I like folding up that pizza, but I have to admit, it was pretty. You know, it's pretty amazing. Did you have a beef sandwich? Like I told you, no. You didn't I, go to Al's. No, really. I went to. Um, I don't like beef. That I mean, I like roast beef. If that's what it was. That's what it is. Shit. But um, <laughs> I made Tim Meadows take me out. Tim Meadows. Who's is, that? He's from Saturday Night Live. Did Which you ever one? know him? The black guy was on for like 12 years. Which black guy? Not Tracy. I'm not kidding. Chris. Look, you keep asking. I'm playing along. Yes, and. Never, I'm an improv guy. I never deny. I never I deny. Apologize. So I go, um, I like that, by the way. That's a nice little touch right here. What? This little Japanese kind of window thing. What are you, the fucking? I like it. Are you the, are you the dog and up? Squirrel! Just focus, <laughs> fucking dummy. <laughs> Don't call me a dummy. Now listen, um, why? <laughs> because why? We're in the middle of a nice podcast. I'm know? sorry. You know what? You want this? Po- I, I lit a candle so that we'll, I know. Be, I kind of like this. This will be calmer for me and you, so we don't attack yes. each other. Yes. All right. So, go ahead, dummy. so oh, I'm sorry. So Excuse Tim me. Tim Meadows goes. Um, I heard that. Tim Meadows goes. Uh, goes. Uh, takes me out. I make him take me out all over, and he's like the worst host of all time like he's the most resistant host you've ever met why just because his whole va- his whole attitude is like yeah man okay and so we're driving through the neighbors i'm like what's his name we go ah you know i don't know lincoln park i go that was lincoln park three miles ago he goes yeah this is something else i was like all right you know don't strain yourself so then finally he felt guilty because i tweeted about him so all my twitter followers start trashing tim going you screwed him you know how could you <laughs> so he was shocked I guess he's relatively new to Twitter, so he wasn't used to all this kind of abuse. So the next time I saw him, he goes, yeah, man, your Twitter followers are cock- those cocksuckers, man. The fuck, man? So <laughs> they are. <laughs> they are cocksuckers. <laughs> so then he took me out to a nice barbecue place down on Pulaski Skyway and, you know, a couple of other places. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Is you forget that people, eh, nobody wants to be a fucking tour guide. I know. Nobody wants to fucking, and guys like me and you, yeah. we're just fucking, you know, National Geographic douchebags. Yes. You know, we're just eager to discover shit, you know. Yeah. You know, we're the fucking assholes that found the Galapagos Islands. Yeah. You know, we, there's something somewhere. What is it? Uh. We're just fucking idiots. Like, I remember I went up to Guatemala with Jack Vaughn. I kept saying to him, you know, what's this? What's that? And he was like, uh, it's it's a, it's just a building. It's you know, it's it's. Yeah. And then I remember we we're eating. I'm like, what, what's good here? He's like, this. Finally, he was just like, dude, it's a third world country. They have chicken, steak, and sausage, rice and beans, some salad. That's all you're gonna get on every fucking menu. There's no exotic fucking dish of Guatemala. Right. And but- he was a vegetarian too. Oh, and he kept trying to fucking smooge my rice. Um, who's a vegetarian trying to hit on Dawn the whole time? Who's that? Jack. He didn't hit on Dawn. Why would he hit on Dawn? He said he tried to smooge my wife. My rice. That's not oh. what you said. You said you said wife. No, I said rice. Wow, that was a Freudian slip. That was not. I said rice. Thank God this is a podcast. We're going to hear what you said. Well, I say I Dawn, said Dawn. What did you hear? He say. <laughs> Dawn, you fuck. Dawn. Thank you, Dawn. <laughs> Thank you, Don. All right. Yeah, exactly. And I have, we we have four good ears telling you that. <laughs> All right, I have a bad ear. So you even run that in? I had a fucking bad ear from twelve years ago. <laughs> is the microphone? Is the headphone on your good ear? It's on both of them, but I can only really hear out of my right ear. I no, I, I told rice. you how that happened, right? No, no. You got you were in Nam. Yeah, I was in Nam in nineteen eighty nine, and um, <laughs> you dropped Keith Robinson off in Woodbridge <laughs> one night. Flop, <laughs> flop right out the window. <laughs> no. Um, I got like these bad like headaches, like spinning, like I had vertigo very badly. And I ended up getting really bad vertigo attacks. Really? And I started vomiting, like projectile vomiting, like once a week for about six months. And I went to every doctor. No doctor knew what was the matter. And then, um, you know, for like six months. And finally it just went away. I mean, 
But I mean, for six months, I was getting so. But anyway, I ended up vomiting so badly and getting these spin, spin so badly. I was on the ground. I mean, I couldn't move. Like for from a whole day, it would almost always happen on a Sunday. A whole day, I'd be lying there sweating and throwing up, and finally just went away. But anyway, a doctor came to me and he's like, "You lost most of your hearing in your ear because of that." And I was like, Jesus, damn it. And he goes, hey, I thought you had brain cancer. You should be happy. He starts hollering at me. I was like, Jesus Christ, doctor, all right? Sorry, I'm, you know, what you thought I had, I, you know, you should have told me you have brain cancer. No, just kidding. You just have a bad ear. Then I would have been along on the game. I didn't have your thought process in my head, you cocksucker. Uh, okay, see you later. I'll all right. see you later. Don't, don't talk on the podcast. <laughs> She breaks that rule all the time. She's not supposed to talk on the podcast. She's supposed to go like... Yeah, she's supposed to, you know... I don't mind a dish or maybe a cup being put down for one of my guests. An angry sigh. An angry sigh. A huff. A puff. No. We've been fighting a lot lately, bro. Really? Well, that's because you, you know, well, quit well, smoking. I, f- I feel bad. I quit smoking and the eating. I quit yeah. eating. It's been almost... It's going to yeah. be a week Wednesday. I haven't eaten shit, but... It's great. The... Uh, I felt bad, too, because I, I did that quitting with just... I just woke up one day. I'm, I'm done. So she had to follow. Uh, and she, she actually... You could see she went, oh, fuck me. Yeah. She was like, all right, you know? And she's been smoking longer than me. Well, she has. Well, consistently. Right. Because I quit for nine years. When I got sober... Right. I remember. I quit for nine years. I quit. When I stopped drinking and using drugs, I quit cigarettes, too, in rehab. And for nine years, I didn't have a cigarette. And, I, and I, you know, it's so weird, too. I started smoking cigars. Cigars are what bring you back to cigarettes. That's right. I don't give a fuck what you say. You're going to be out somewhere. You're going to want tobacco. There's not going to be a cigar place. Then you're going to wind up puffing on a butt. And then you'll be back at cigarettes. And that's what happened. So it's, uh, I watched the, um, you know, now I'm watching all these fucking movies on being fat and fucking dying. So I, I, I went on that Metafast, which is... You know, it's it's all processed shit. So I've been my farts are insulting. It's just disgusting. <laughs> insulting. They're disgusting. My farts are just disgusting, Quinn. I mean, I mean, awful. Like awful. My dogs like, yeah, leave the room. But is there really such a thing as a good fart? Yeah, mild ones once in a while. Some girl will make a fart. It's kind of okay. But no, no, I think farts are awful. But they're funny and cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mine. I told you the other night, I'm at the cellar. I come out of the cellar. Great night. I had a good night. F- did the first two shows on f- uh, Friday. Shows were amazing. Wrote a new joke on stage. How That's fucking great is that? The best. And it's a joke. It's an idea that I've been trying to fucking work yeah. for years. And I even right. wrote a joke about it. It's great. And it was a joke joke. And it was good, but it never fucking worked. I... There was something that happened the other night on stage. I'm, I'm kind of going off on this fucking tangent now. But something happened the other night on stage where I kind of just... I used to be this comic. this You know me. Energetic, fucking sure. sweating, screaming, fucking the stool. And, and then I kind of got out of that a little bit. And now I kind of went off to this other thing where I still have that energy, but not as much. And... You know, kind of words and stuff like that trying to work, but it's 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 never been awesome for me. But not like this weekend, something happened on stage where I kind of went back to the old thing, but had the new thing. Yes, it's a great feeling. And I kind of went on this rant about something, and all of a sudden it happened, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I got an applause break. That's great. And uh, I talked about like this uh, crying, like you know, my girl has that crying button. Where she just, you know, women can just, she can just cry. She can just hit that eject button whenever she's in trouble in an argument, whenever something's going on, whenever she looks like the bad person, and she can just start crying and bring up stuff from the past. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm done. I'm done. You know, that's why we went to to therapy together. We had to stop because she'd just start crying. Right. So I'd start to make a point about her being... You know, what she does, and my therapist would be like, well, Dawn, and she'd be like, well, uh, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, fuck, session over. So you're, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, we're not going anymore. She's like, all right, fine. I go, no, we're going, but you're going to her, his wife. Right, right. And I'm going to him. Right. So I made her go to his wife. It's great. But I did this whole bit, and it came out on stage the other night, and at the end, it was like an applause break, and I was like, oh, my God, thank God yeah. I recorded it. 
Oh my god! Forget. Thank about God, it. I fucking hit that record. I record all the time, and I don't listen to him all the time. No, me neither. I hate listening to him. But when you have something important like that, thank God. Because let's face it, we have to record. For those of you that don't know the comedy scene in the cellar, we have to rec- bring our recorders and record on our iPhones. Because if we don't, we won't get a copy of it. Even though they tape every show, right? There's a gentleman there who, after his set, goes, oh, I need the tape. And you know that motherfucker never watched one of those goddamn tapes. They're sitting in his fucking house. We're talking about Jim Norton. Jesus, come on. He leads into the manager right after he said, I need that tape. I need the TD. Brilliant. But, uh, well, yeah, yeah, you have to tape yourself. They're trying to put a new system in the cellar, by the way. A new sound system? New, No, new uh, video system. Oh, nice. So you'll be able to get higher quality tapes and... Jim will be able to get higher quality? Yes. No, but we're gonna, I, I'm t- I told him not to do a Blu-ray. He's got to come up with some other way mm-hmm. that you can do it. Maybe an SD card or something. So that we can all get copies? So you can just get a copy of it. Right. You know what I mean? Something. But um, we... Uh, I left. I left. Great shows. Awesome shows. Came up. Finally came up with that joke. I had great shows. And it was fucking... I don't know. Something happened. Leave. I'm so gassy from this fucking Metafast food I'm eating. My stomach has been distended for a week since I started. I'm farting. I can't... It's just... I, I, I can't... You know, every day my stomach's bloated and pushed out and farty. And I'm always hungry. And it's just awful. And I come out, and I'm at the door, and I'm paying the waiter, and I cut a fart, which I've been doing all night that nobody knows, but every, I mean, it's just awful, and I thought I shit my pants. I mean, I, it was, it was, I shit my pants. I thought I shit, filled my pants up, my underwear, with shit. The only thing that I had in my favor is Don just bought me new tidy whities Not tidy whities they were tight uh, jockey underwear, so I right. knew I had some support. right. I took my hoodie off, tied it around my waist. I just shit my pants at the cellar. And I walked out to get a cab. And I was so fucking irritable. So fucking irritable. And I'm looking for a cab. There's no cabs. I can't take a subway because I shit my pants. I thought I shit my pants. Finally, I see a cab pull up. I go up to it. I stand there. The guy's taking forever to get the fuck out because it's a Friday night. And everybody's drunk down there because people get drunk. Fucking idiots. You got to go get drunk and shit-faced and poison your body to have a fucking good time. Doesn't make sense. But, you know, more power to you. And then all of a sudden, a guy walking up across the street. I'm in front of Ben's. This guy's way over in NYU. He's walking over going, fucking fatso. Fatso, take the cab. Fats, did fatso grab the cab? He's got his food. He's drunk. Yuppie Ugh. fuckhead. His fat, not fat, thin, gorgeous, blonde girlfriend staggering behind him. He walks right over to the cab, gets in the cab that I've been waiting for and shuts the door. And then looks at me. And I f- fucking lost it. Lost it. Because I even talked to the cabbie. The cabbie was like, no, 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 no. I go, dude, I'll give you a great tip. He's like, where are you going? I told him, okay, cool. I look in. I go, get the fuck out of here. You call me a fucking fat. That's the last thing I needed to hear. <laughs> I just quit smoking. I feel like a fat fuck. I am a fat fuck. I just shit my pants. I'm trying to get home. I'm just trying to get the fuck home. And you just, a good looking, drunk, <laughs> trust fund fuck cunt with a fucking pizza in his hand. He had, a, <laughs> he had a pizza box in his hand with his blonde fucking girlfriend behind him. You called me a fatso and got in my cab. <laughs> I snapped, Carl. I fucking snapped. Uh, I went, you fucking call me a fat fuck. I'll fucking murder you. Get the fuck out of my cab. He's like, what? Get the fuck out of my cab. I get in the cab, shut the door. He's like, I didn't, I didn't call you fatso, man. And at that point, I'm just like, fuck you, you fuck. Then a, a lunatic New York crazy guy, one of the fucking like, guy from Brooklyn or something, New Yorker, opens the door. He goes, fuck you. Get, like, get in the cab. Fuck this motherfucker to me. So now I got two guys on me. So now I'm looking at this guy. He's got a Yankees jacket on. I want to go fucking fight him. I'm going to fight this fucking guy. It's a, it's a horror show. And the cab driver's looking at me going, come on, man. You good, man. Come on. Be positive, man. I love you, man. You a good guy, man. And I'm sitting like, just go. Okay, just go. And he's like, come on, man. 
uh, this guy's in the thing going, you know, I didn't say fat to him. What the fuck did I call it? This guy's like, fuck you. I got people. And then I go, just go, man. Go. Just go. And he's like, okay, man. We go, man. I'm like, just fucking go. He finally takes off. I'm so flustered. Because now I'm like, did the guy not call me fatso? Maybe his girl's name is uh, Fatsone. Right. I don't <laughs> Come on, Fatso. I don't know. Right. Maybe he's talking to the other guy. I don't know. And now I'm like, fuck, I'm, fr-, you know me, I'm f- coming down from all this. And the guy's happy cabbie NYC. It's great. No, it's not great. Happy cabbie. It's, it, You'll be positive, man. The whole way home, Quinn. The whole way home, he's fucking turning. And if people who don't, just Google YouTube, happy cabbie NYC. Yeah. And this is the cabbie I got. And I'm so angry. I'm in my head. I just want to have the argument in my head. You know, the fuck you'll fucking kill you. That fucking, that thing you do in you, that violent rage fantasy you do in your head. You know what I mean? Just to uh, get it out. Yeah. And this guy keeps stopping the cab, turning oh. the lights on, and turning. Come on, man. Give me the pound sign. Happy cabby. You, got, you locked out, man. God put you in this cab. Positive. You have to be positive. And life is good. Life is great. Pray for yourself. And dude, rhyming. And pot. then he turned the music up. House music. Flicking the lights the whole way home. Oh. I'm talking every three <laughs> seconds he would stop and do this. Ah, I love it. I wanted to kill him, man. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to fucking stab him. I got oh. home. I didn't shit my pants. I didn't shit my pants at all. I was just a fucking yeah, massive just... gas fart. So That is fucking... I'll tell you, speaking of cabbies, you know, a couple of times in my life, back when I was a kid and I was drinking, I would try to take a cab, but I lived in Brooklyn, but I worked in Manhattan. Right. So after work, of course, you know, I was a bartender. I'd get drunk, you know, try to get a cab back to Brooklyn. Right. And even back then, they didn't like going to Brooklyn. It was a less crowded city in the 80s. Right. One time I get in a cab, me in a cab. I mean, I had a couple of literal fist fights with cabbies out in the middle of the street. Come on, let's go. This one time I get in a fight with a cabbie, 20th Street and 1st Avenue, like Stuyvesant Town, we're right down there. Yeah. We get out of the cab. This is, this is the unity of the city. That I actually admire this story, even though I'm at the receiving end of it. Get out of the cab. I go, you're taking me to Brooklyn, you cocksuck. He's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I get out of the cab, start fighting the guy. Right there. Throw the him cabby? against his Yeah, throw him against his cab. We're fighting. Yeah, I'm like 22. Er, er, like four cabs stop. I start getting this shit cab. Four cabbies come out with like <laughs> bats, with little like rubber truncheons. Really? And just start cracking. I mean, my head, the next day when I woke up, of course, in the lockup where I got arrested a few minutes after that, and <laughs> my head was lumped like one like <laughs> I had eggs all over my head. I was like, I went from being like the guy who's got the cabbie against the car, you cocksucker, to being like, ah, ah. <laughs> I was just fucking smacking his shit. I mean, they beat me down. <laughs> like all these cabbies pull over, and I'm so drunk, I'm not even noticing why the cabbies are pulling over. I just get pulling over for passenger. <laughs> I don't know. I just got this guy against his cab, they're fucking choking him or something. Then you hear, oh, oh, oh. And you know, when you're drunk, the first few shots, you barely notice. But then I was like, oh, oh. And I was just screaming like a little bitch, getting fucking beaten. <laughs> then, of course, the cops come, you know. Yeah. And they arrest me because I'm like, these fucking cocktails. I just, you know, I turn it into such an ugly incident of my obnoxiousness <laughs> that they bring me in, you know. All they have to do is look and go, oh, who's the asshole in this situation? <laughs> That's before you could even call them terrorists. Yeah. Well, I, you know, a lot of them were white even in those days. I think a couple of the guys who hit me were white, too. So it really? wasn't just all. This is like the early 80s. Wow. That's when they had the fucking big square metal cabs. Yeah. And they had and they all carried, you know, saps because it was bad crime. Cabbies were getting shot and killed all the time. Right. So they see a cabbie getting beat up by somebody. They were going to jump in, as right. they should. I mean, in retrospect, I admire that kind of unity. That's what should happen right. in a just society. Right. A drunken asshole. I mean, the guy was wrong not to take me to Brooklyn, but he probably figured, this guy's a drunken dick. He's going to undertip me. You know, who knows? He didn't want to take you to Brooklyn because exactly who you were. Yes. Exactly I was like, what you did. I was like, take me to Brooklyn, you know, kind of. And it was just so crazy, but um, yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of, I had another fight with a cabbie one time, and this was an Arab cabbie, and this was in the 80s still, early 80s. Young guy. I get in the cab, Brooklyn, again. This is on 49th and 2nd, because I used to bartend on 49th and 2nd. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, you know. I'm not going to Brooklyn. He's looking at me. I still remember his eyes in the mirror. Those angry, like, you know, black eyes just staring at me. I'm not going to take you. I was like, you're taking me. Get going. 
I'm not taking. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Get going. Get going. Oh yeah, I was like fucking livid. I was like, this son of a bitch is trying to stand up to me. I'm this fucking shop, hot shot bartender. Meanwhile, I wasn't even like I was like the assistant bartender. I go. That's it. I go fucking wing the door open. That's it. Let's go. That's what I used to do at my at the bar when I worked. Whenever I get an argument with like a psycho customer, I go. That's it. I get over. I fly <laughs> over the bar. Go outside. Stand there like this. And one time, actually. Anyway, we end up in a, a brutal ball. This guy's like a kickboxer. I've got him. You ever in a fight with somebody and you realize I'm in way over my head? Yeah. So I'm grabbing his jacket by the collars because I'm like, I don't want him to get, if he gets any distance, like even like another half a foot leverage, he's going to fucking light me up. All right. I'm just holding on like to his jacket so he's right against my chest. He can't do that much damage because I can tell this guy was like a kickboxer. And then the cops pull up right there, you know, and I was like, but what I used to do was I would always like just be like, that's it outside right now. And whenever bar I worked in, I just thought, you know, that's it. Let's fucking go. You know what I mean? And I would always get my ass kicked, but I just had these delusions that I was a badass. Right. So I'd be like, come on, let's go outside. But I told you the bartender. I, did I tell you this about the bartender I used to work with who was like the greatest bartender of all time? Freddie? No. This guy, Freddie Cavallero. Greatest bartender who ever lived. This is when I worked in this bar. And then he was well known for He remembered everybody. If you came in there once and had like a scotch and water, wow. doers and water, he would, the next... Time he came in a year later, he go, hey, Bobby, how you doing? Do is in water, Bobby, you know? Mm-hmm. And he go, how's, you know, how's the job? He just remembered everything. Right. So then finally I'm on SNL. I you know, worked with him for a while. Then I'm on SNL, and I was his sidekick. I was like, the, you know, he was my idol. Is this uh, between remote control? No. This is, oh. this is 1981, so 82. When you became in trouble, you just, you've never went back. Once I got remote control, I never went back. Right. But, right, right. but during comedy, my first few years in comedy, I was bartending. Right. Okay. So then I go, I run into, I'm on SNL. I'm on SNL. I'm doing Weekend Update. It's like 1998. And I fucking see Freddie. I haven't seen him in 17 years, you know? I remember him because, you know, and he remembers me. He remembers everybody he ever met. Yeah. So I, and I work with him for like almost a year as his side bartender. Great guy. Fucking funny, charming, great, charming guy to me. He's with his girlfriend, a little tipsy in this pool hall, Amsterdam Billiards. And I go, Freddie. Colin Quinn, I figure all these years he's probably telling people I work with this guy and now he's on SNL. Hey, he just looks at me like he doesn't recognize me. I go, Freddie, it's Colin. Colin Quinn, I bartended with you. And he just looks at me with hate and goes, you think I remember every fucking guy I bartended with and just turned around with his girlfriend and walked away? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're shitting me. But it's a, it's a lesson. He remembered every customer because they were giving him money. All I was doing was taking money away from him. Jesus, man. It's interesting, his memory. That's fucking weird. Yeah, he remembered guys, only people that gave him something. He's not going to remember the guys that were taking away, you know? <laughs> it's an interesting memory thing, you know? What was the last fight you got in, dude? <sighs> I don't know, a long time ago. Maybe on MTV. Really? You fought somebody on MTV or? No, just a couple of times in bars, just scrapping with, like, you know, drunken kids that would fucking harass you for no reason, you know? Right. Just a couple of minor ones, but, you know. Yeah, the other night I was... Fu- I haven't been that fucking angry. You've saved me from fucking getting into fights a few times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that anger of rage. You just fuck you. But yeah. It gets you in trouble, man. That fucking anger. And the thing is, too, is I haven't fought in years, too. So I don't know what the fuck I'm capable uh, of anymore. I, I don't know. know how... I don't know what fucking hammy I'm going to pull or what... Oh, my what God, What knuckle yeah. I'm going to break. Back when I was a kid, I'd break my knuckles or fucking whatever. Get stabbed. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But now it's like... I don't know how that's psychologically going to affect me when I feel something go wrong, my sh- my shoulder pop out. Yeah. Well, even just years ago, even playing basketball, I used to play basketball all the time when I was a kid. Play, we played all the time. And then I went in one game about 15 years ago, and I was like, ah, you can still play. You don't get old. And I remember making a move and knowing I was over here, but I wasn't. I was still at the other place. It was like a weird thing. It's the same thing I'm sure with fighting, where it's like, you think you did this, but you're a step behind. Mm. And I was here. But I usually, I was like, no, I'm over here now. But I wasn't there. Wow. And I was like, ah, that's what getting old is. You lose a step, literally, you know? So crazy. That's fucking weird. I got, um, I actually tweeted out that we're going to be doing this, and I got some questions. Oh. I'm going to take some questions from these uh, fans of the podcast, which actually... The podcast, since the last time we did it, has even gotten bigger. It has? Yeah. I got the numbers. Uh, 
this week, fucking pretty crazy numbers. People with downloads and all over the world. That's great. People all over the fucking world from Australia to fucking Africa to Hong Kong. Wow. Um, Africa? Uh, I can tell you right I can tell you right now where the fuck uh Rob Sprantz. Yeah, Africa, dude. How fucking crazy is that? Crazy. Isn't it nuts? It's uh It's it's fucking crazy. There it is right here, dude. You ready? You yeah. Hear the fucking stizats. Stats by country. We got uh, Canada's, you know, we got, you know, over 100,000 in the United States. Canada's pretty uh, thousands. All right, so we'll go down to the bottom. Turkey, we have 32 downloads from Turkey. Wow. <laughs> Iceland, Singapore, uh, Philippines, Thailand, Kuwait. Wow. Uh, Korea, United Arabs. Jesus. Israel, Belgium, Portugal, Australia, Mexico, Italy. We have a lot in Mexico. New Zealand, China, Hungary, Malaysia, Germany, Netherlands, Norway, Finland, Japan, Sweden, Ireland, Australia. Jesus. A lot, a lot in, um, a lot in Japan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, most of it is in New York and the United States. So wait, let's hit some questions. I'm ready. All right, let's do some questions from, uh, from the Fizans. To uh, I never do questions on this too, but you I would fucking oh yeah because um well, well this actually is uh, from um, Jamie P I'm not gonna give last names because I'm dumb and sometimes I don't know how to pronounce them it's better off anyway uh, what would you be doing if uh, you didn't do comedy you never went into comedy um well that's a good question I'd be I'd probably I probably I mean, you can never say for sure, but I might have uh, either killed myself or... Oh, Jesus. Well, because I remember working... I was working in the Bronx at the Department of Employment, and I had to get up every day and go from Brooklyn to the Bronx. It took about an hour and 45 minutes by D-train, you know? And the D-train's a fast train. And I remember waking up at like 6 in the morning and crying in the shower. I felt so sorry for myself. I was like, yeah. Because I couldn't believe I had to get up every morning at 6 o'clock, jump in the shower, jump on the train for an hour and 45. You know, just a normal life. But I was a little bitch about it. So comedy saved my life. Bartending was easier for me than working 9 to 5. Right. But, you that know. It is sad, though. That almost made me cry thinking about having to do that. Well, you know what the thing is? People <laughs> always come up to me and they say, you are so brave to get up on stage and do stand-up. And I always go, no, you're brave to work 9 to 5. Yeah. That takes, to me, more courage, right? You feel the same way, right? No, that takes courage. That. Get showering every day at the same time and, take, and get, going out in the cold. One of the greatest lines in uh, Bronx Tale, that movie of Bronx Tale, mm -hmm. was when he goes to his father. He go, when Robert De Niro, as the father, goes to his son, I'm the real tough guy. Let's see those guys get up and go to work every day. He goes, that's the tough guy. Right. The working man is the tough guy. And it's so true. You know what I mean? Like those guys. I thought you were going to say the part where he threw the Molotov cocktail at him. <laughs> <laughs> the line right before that. that was, <laughs> forget it. I don't want to be too. Uh, <laughs> um, well, the other thing, this is actually a good question, too. And I, what I would have been, I don't even know if she was asking me, but what I would have been, I probably would have been a I probably because I got sober so young, I probably would have been an art teacher or counselor or something like that. Yeah, back in Boston. Yeah, I would have been something to that effect. I probably would have been a teacher too. Yeah, something, something. You know what I mean? Yeah, something easy but not too fucking right. Helping kids or something. But the next question is, what's the most famous pussy you probably could have had? Um, I can't really answer that. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to be talking out of school on a fucking podcast about the most famous pussy I probably could have had. I, I don't get me wrong. I will. That's a great question. <laughs> it's, it's fucking great. It's a question. great question. Oh my god! But I, I and it's not that. even. It's, I know it's what it's, you. It's it's such a great question. You know why? Yeah. Not who you fucked. I know you could have. I know. So I know, but you still. can kind of get away with it. Yeah, I okay. You, can, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's a great question. Yeah, who's the um um. Uh, who's the girl, the blonde girl, that was in American Pie? Uh, Tara Reid. I could. That's mine. Really? Yeah, I probably could have been. I had. It was, yeah, I had it in Vegas, and we were hanging out the VIP room after I just killed on one of those crazy shows, the Beecher shows, and she. Uh, 
She's she, giving you a little rhythm. We were talking and talking, and then you know who fucking cock block I allowed to cock block me? Jeff Knoblock. Oh, another guy from uh, the Yankees. <laughs> Is it Jeff? No, it's not Jeff. It's no it's not Chuck, Chuck. Chuck Knoblock. Chuck Cockblock. Chuck Cockblock. He knob. He knoblocked you. Oh, he walked up. All of a sudden, it's Chuck Knoblock, and you know, it's like holy. That's a fucking Yankee man. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. I'm a Red Sox fan. I know. I start talking to him. She was kind of like right to my right. I mean, Jesus, what a moron. I mean, look. Well, it my, sounds like you blocked yourself. I, that's what I said. I blocked myself uh, with Chuck the cock block. Knob Chuck knob. Chuck knob block you. Yeah, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Quinn, uh, could you remind Kelly to bring my donuts by the fan cave? Thanks. This is Mikey O. You ever do the fan cave? No. Uh, it's it's um, MLB fan cave. It's right. Remember Tower Records used to be on Broadway downtown? Near yes. The cellar? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Major League Baseball, these two guys, Mike being one of them, um, <laughs> he wrote president of the Robert Kelly fan club. <laughs> New Jersey chapter. <laughs> Paramus, New Jersey chapter. What a fucking cocksucker. But he, him and this other guy came up with this idea where they wanted to watch every single baseball game all year. And MLB was like, fine. And they put him in this thing. If you go there now, they're 24 hours a day, I guess. Wow. They're in this place. And it's really cool. You can walk in. You can go by. You can see them in there. And they're watching every game. They're Twittering. They're, you know, they're doing all this stuff. But they have comics go by. I went by with Florentine. We did a little segment for them on the internet. But it's actually kind of funny. They do a lot of... Mikey O is really... They're both funny guys. Um, but it's Man Cave. Uh, I'll give him a little shout. Man Cave. Uh, MLBmancave.com. Check him out. Mikey O, you cocksucker. Mr. Kelly, where's the nearest Dunkin' Donuts kid? I got a Wicked Jones for blueberry cake, pal. What do you say you grab us <laughs> donkeys and bring them by the fan cave? He does the Boston. Boston. All right. Nice talking to you. Colin's looking at me now. All right. Here we go. Ready? Uh, it's, is it true that Colin will be back on Broadway in Dueling Dummies? What? With Voss? And it's stupid. <laughs> Can we see you? <laughs> Dueling dummies with Voss. Yeah, and going to head. Uh, I can't receive the podcast at work, so it would be kind of fuck off. All right, dude. Just you know, I told you no stupid ones. <laughs> I'm, okay, here's a good one. This is from um, Robert. No, this is Adam. To Robert and Colin. Adam um, J. Hello. How many hours per day or week do you spend writing comedy for your act? That's a fucking great question. Do you know why? Because I want to know. Yeah. I don't even know how many hours. Well, let's put it this way. When I'm doing it, like doing the show I just did, then I spend, let's say, two, three hours, three hours a day. But when I'm not, when I'm just doing stand-up randomly, like, which I don't think I could do anymore. What? I don't think I could just go on the way I was working because it's a very unproductive way. It's like, oh, yeah, just kind of random bits. I mean, it's fun. But it's like you don't get as much a cut. Like just doing a show with a goal in mind is important, I think. You know what I mean? Just doing stand-up like, hey, that's funny. That's funny. It gets random. It's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking crazy that you just said that. That's weird. You know what I mean? So just doing – you're saying, you're saying stand-up. And I don't mean to fucking repeat what you just said because they just heard it. But just for myself. Right. No, I'm, it's the first time I've ever said it. Um, it was just now. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, that's what we do. Right. I mean, not all of us, not all of you, not all comics do that, but we go up there just to make you laugh for 45 right. minutes to an hour right. with random shit. Right. But you're saying, I'm saying fuck it. I'm saying fuck that. It's have like a goal. I, I've been doing that. Have a goal. So I'm telling these guys, you have to have a goal because it gets too random. It gets, I mean, how much great material just goes into the mist? And I mean, I know that's part of the charm of comedy. I get it. You know what I mean? Like. Part of the charm is you're out for a night, you have a couple of drinks, people get a little ADD. They don't want to hear a, hey, tonight's theme is this. I totally agree. But that being said, it's still after a while. I've been doing this for fucking 20-something years. I can't just keep going up and throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. I mean, I can, but it's like I'd rather do something a little more. Not that it has to be like a full, full-on full show like last time. That was too much, but... Something, you know. What I, I think mean? you have the tools now to do that, though. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't. You know. I don't think you can. Uh, you know this. I think now you have the tools to sit home and come up with a goal and write jokes for it. Right. I don't know. Maybe you didn't have the. I don't know if you had the tools. Though. I know I don't. Right. I didn't have. I. I I'm. No, you have I, to. It's like I could do it. 
Right. If you said, dude, you have to do okay, I could do it if right. I had to. But to sit down and want to do it and have the goal That's and then it do is. it is one thing. To, yeah, Bobby, you could do it. Okay. Right. right. It's, like quit, it's like quitting drugs. When I quit smoking, I'm done. I woke right. up. I was supposed to gradually get off it. I woke up one day and I said, I'm done, honey. I'm sorry. I'm done. Right. And it's, I think that's, it's writing too. It's like that type of thing that you just said, you can do that now. You can sit home and go, I'm going to, I'm going to go write this. Right. Right. And see if I can do, do it. Cause like you said, just cause I did it doesn't mean I can still do it, but it's, if you want to do it and you attempt to do it, you could probably do it. That's you know what I mean? I remember John Linguizamo said that. No, look, I'm not a huge fan of John Linguizamo. I've, you know, I've seen his no, own one of shows. Yeah, but he's, you know, he Amazing. said, he goes, I don't get it. I don't get why people, the only thing I need is a, a pen and a, and a legal pad, and I can have a Broadway show. Wow. And I was like, fuck. I know there's more to it than that. Yeah, of course, yeah. But where we're at, right. where I'm at, yeah. I, that, that, okay, I could do that. I could That's actually, right. I could actually... Yeah. Sit down with a legal pad and write a fucking show. Yeah. You know, and that's like even the last year. It's like, you know, all the stuff I've been doing, this is the first time I've, do, I've, I've, I've wanted to do it. Yeah. And sit down and do it. But writing, the other thing about writing, which we were talking about the other day on the phone, to just let this guy know, is <laughs> that most of the time, writing with me, most of the time ends in me lying down with my eyes closed on the couch going, I can't believe how tired I am. From 15 minutes, and I've got shit here. And that's just a reality that's comforting to know other people go through it. It made me so happy. Right. When, because I have you on such a pedestal hmm. when it comes to writing right. and working. And God, you're on such a fucking pedestal. I know you're a moron when it comes to technology. But when it comes to this comedy business and writing and scripts and stuff, I'm like, you know, it's just you're way up there to hear you say, dude, yeah. you are depressed and taking it. And you're I just I just 15 minutes of shit and I had to go back to bed. It made it meant the world to me because yeah. it made it almost made everything OK. Yeah, it really makes you OK when you hear that. Even the best of them. Because you think, you know, you think Jerry Seinfeld, you think every day he wakes up at 8 o'clock and works till 5 o'clock right. every day for this whole fucking life. And he's yeah. got to have times. You, you think you, just every day. I, I, I swear to God, I visualize you sitting by the computer. I visualize you, this is me. You wake up, you get a cup of tea, you, you, you scratch your head, you mess your hair up even messier than it already <laughs> is. <laughs> and you sit down and you start writing. And then you take a little break around two hours in, oh. have a cup of tea, walk around, say hi to the village people because you're kind of oh. the mayor in your town. Yeah. Come back with a snack, a Lord of Dunes and a fucking tea, <laughs> maybe a Reese's, get back to writing, a oh. couple more hours. Then you go and you meet somebody for lunch, come back later, write a little more, then take a nap, get ready for your... That's what I think. That but sounds great. <laughs> I wish I could. Uh, but if I did that, I would have so much, so many other things. But all I do is rewrite. You know how they always say writing is rewriting. It's the worst horrible thing. It's the most horrible thing in the world. And the other, I mean, it's it's brutal. I don't get it. I don't. I, it's brutal. It's hard. That's why if it wasn't hard, everybody could do. It. You know how many people have amazing, amazing stories. You know how many people are really funny at a point. Everybody, everybody's funnier than us. Everybody's not everybody, but I mean, there's a lot of funny. I grew up with people, and I'm sure you did too. I go, that son of a bitch is funnier than anybody. I've been talking to girls at a party. Some girl made some observation. I go, this girl is brilliant. She's got more insight than I'll ever have. It's the dirty work. That's the difference. You have to want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not the best. Comedy's not always the funniest people in the room. You know. Has anybody ever written a script that was just like, wow, holy shit? Right from the beginning? Yeah. Yeah. Some people, Paul Thomas Anderson, Quentin Tarantino. I was these guys the just guy, wrote these massive pieces right away. The showrunner on the 2-2, Ken, fucking really cool guy. And I've talked to a couple of the other writers on the show because, you know, I'm starting to write stuff now. And right. I talked to I, – I, 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 it's, it's so fucking crazy how these shows work. Once yeah. they get going, it's like they have like eight writers, sometimes 12. Yeah. yeah. And each guy writes an episode. Yeah. And there's a AD for that episode. There's a different director for that episode. And it's a whole new team that steps in once a week. Right. 
to get this going. Yeah. And every week you're with a new team. Yeah. It's 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 fucking weird. And I was talking to him about he wrote he was a, a cop, MT, MTA cop, and he wrote a screenplay and then got a three picture deal out of it. And it's like, wow. what the fuck? I heard about what? Yeah, I think I heard about this guy. Yeah, he's and he's been on he's been on a ton of shit. I mean, nonstop from then on. Great guy. But it's like, like, does that happen? Is that a once in a while thing that happens? Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The rewrites are fucking nuts. But I mean, I was saying when they write the script, how many of those writers come in for the rewrite? Like, that's the process I don't know. Right. That I'd like be interested in. Like, you write a script. Right. A script for your show, it's an hour show. Right. So that's two thirds of a screenplay almost. You know, let's put it this way. That's three fifths of a screenplay. 60 pages. Right. So what happens? Here's my draft. Right. How long do you have to write that? And then once you have it, do you go back and rewrite it? Or do they bring in other writers? Like, I want to know the whole process. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah that, that's what I was trying to get involved in. I wanted to know because it helps psychologically helps you get through your funk. That Psychologically knowing that you get depressed makes me feel better. Right, right. So I don't get depressed. If yeah, that makes sense. You, of course. You feel like you're, everybody's in the same boat. When I read about all these great writers... That wrote, you know, these great novelists, they all go through this torture of writing. Yeah. It makes me feel better. And, and writing my act, I'll be honest, bro, I've never sat down and wrote my act. I've thought of something, wrote it down, and did it on stage. And worked it out on stage. Right. And then added and made it better. Like, I was talking to Rogan about this one night. Like, he's similar to me. Like, it will take around a year or two to co- that, for that bit to become what it is. You know, like that, you know, I, it's like writing on stage and coming up with ideas and, and only in the last year have I started to learn, oh, I can write, I don't have to be on stage to write a funny joke. I can take the premise, do it on stage, take it off, rework it, add a line. I can do that work if I want to. I have that ability. I have those, yeah, but I have those skills now. But you still need to, the reason we go on stage is because you can't work it out without being on stage at some what, point. What's his name does? Dennis Miller does. Yeah, he does. You're right. Dennis Miller just writes. He, that's what did that guy say to him? He goes, "What are you doing? Writing my act? Are you right. going to do it anyway? No. Right. Why do I need these people to tell me it's funny? No, I know Dennis Miller funny. does. Yeah, yeah. But everybody else doesn't. Everybody else works it out on stage. I mean, Seinfeld works it out on stage. He yeah. does just what you said. He needs. It takes him a year or two. He's talking about that today. Really? Yeah. He talked to, to work Seinfeld his bits. Today? Yeah. Did he mention me? No. Fuck. All right. This is another one. Um, Love from uh, this is from uh, Joe. Joe G, um, do you think that um, you think comedians today try too hard to be shocking? There are a ton of tweets on the tenth anniversary of September 11th from different professional comedians, and it seems like they were just trying to shock and not be clever or funny. I think that it should be all should be on the table. Uh, when it comes to comedy, but I hate it when people just say things to get a rise out of people. Yes, I do think there is definitely a... I mean, it's partly because competition is natural. The competition has gotten to be where, uh uh-oh, how do I stand out? But I definitely feel people try to be shocking. And it's funny. Sometimes it's really funny when they're shocking, but everybody's trying to be shocking. I think think that's the new thing. Yes. Even in the alternative world. Everywhere. Everywhere. You say something... That nobody would say. Yeah. That's why it's like, you know, I've come to terms. I get so much shit for not being funny on Twitter. Like, why are you funny? All you do is promote. It's like, I'm I, I'm funny as a comedian. I never, you know what I mean? And then you're, you know, I, I actually had somebody call me out recently. Like, dude, yeah, you're not funny on Twitter. It's like, and this, the person who said that was. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm funny at on stage, right. motherfucker. What I do. You know what I mean? That's what I do. Yeah. Right. I'm funny right now. Yeah. But it's like, um, you yeah, know, these, these people, it's like, ugh, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. Some people are naturally funny, shocking. Natu- it's like anything else. Yeah. Some people are just, the way they talk is funny and shocking. And some people are trying too hard, but it's hard to put your, you know. And some people like me try and it fails just because it's me. If you're trying to be shocking, right? I try, yeah. Like the time I told Patrice when he was calling me fat, and I go, I hope you die of diabetes. Right. I said, I hope you lose a foot. And he was like, holy shit. Right. It just come, <laughs> Right. I just can't. Sometimes it just comes out fucked up. We got another one. Um, has anybody ever stolen any of your jokes? And if so, what'd you do? 
Um, Kevin M. Not that I've known of, but I'm sure people have stolen them, you know what I mean? But, you know, what are you going to do? I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anyone do my jokes, but, you know, people steal. You know, no but one you can't. Seen. Yeah. You can't. It's hard to put. It's hard to decide what's stolen because so many people have similar premises when everybody's been around so long. So it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's 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 also hard too. like even your last hour that you did was a one man show. But that that's right. fucking comedy. Yeah. Okay? I mean, yeah, that's really fucking if you ask me, polished stand up comedy at yeah. its, you know, at its best. If you're going to ask me. Right. So you uh, nobody can steal that. I don't think I don't think really anybody because you're, you're actually going in and fucking creating that shit. Nobody's fucking talked about. Yeah, they can steal it. I think you steal parts of things. But you know what? You know, when I first started, people were more like, that guy's a premise thief. And I know what they mean. Right. But that guy steals my DNA and it's all true shit. But, you know, once you get unless somebody's a real out and out thief, then you know what I mean? Like, then if you see somebody stealing, you're you like, call him a DNA thief. Yeah, like some people used to say, he's a D, he steals my DNA. Like, oh, that's what Dane said about Burns, you see, his essence. People say that, right. Essence, But, I, but you understand persona. that, right? Yeah. I understand it, too. Totally. You walk down the... You can see... You can see... You used to be able to see two or three comics that people are fans of doing a tell. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, totally. But, I mean, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's just the way it goes. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, I mean, I've never... I try to keep my shit as personal as possible. That's the best... That's the best technique. So, look, this happened to me. Yeah. So, if, you know... Like, I remember I had that Osama Bin Laden joke. And was, I remember. Yeah, weeks. Daryl Hammond's favorite joke. Yeah. And, you know, everybody has that joke. So now they do, yeah. This guy, this one's from Bob. Uh, if you guys ever... Uh, wondering if you guys ever worked on an award show. Uh, no, I'm tapping out of this one. Uh, have you ever worked on an award show? No, I have not. Nope, so, sorry. <laughs> he said it looked like a chaotic time. <laughs> it looked like a what? A fun time? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He, Colin just said, I got to leave into the microphone. He whispered it. <laughs> I got to leave. <laughs> uh, we're, uh, we, uh, we'll take one more and then we're done. Um, all right. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Um, this is from, uh, we're going to do one more question from uh, Robert Oliver. With sudden popularity of the podcast and Colin, or even you considering doing a tough crowd style podcast, would you ever do a podcast by yourself? No. Never. You'd never be into doing this. It's fun, but I never would want to do it. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. You're right, because you're, you're just into your writing now. Yeah, because yeah, you know what it is? Exactly that. It's like I committed so hard, too hard, to this idea I'm going to write these things and I'm going to make them good. I overcommitted in my own mind where I'm like, I'm, I'm going to see this shit through at least if it gets made and it fails, then I could say, hey, that failed. But as it stands now, I can't quit now. I, I refuse to quit because I committed too much of my life to trying to do this other stuff. And if you back out of it, if you even stop it for a second, it's, it's, you can't, it's so hard to get back into it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fucking brutal. And once you get into it, you can't. You know, when you, you you did that for two years, you fucking went away and you're just writing and I was like fucking busting your balls. Yeah, yeah. Come down and say hi, you fucking idiot. You know, because we yeah. rarely see each other. Yeah. You're home writing a lot. Yeah. You're not at the clubs as much anymore. I haven't right? gone to the cellar for a long time. Right. So I never got it. But then when we started writing this books thing and then we got into it, you get it takes so long to get into it. Once oh. the wheels start going, you can't step out of it. And then when you finally end it, and you do step out for a minute, it's like, oh my God, to get back into that yep. is, is fucking almost impossible. Yeah. So when you're in it the second time, when you get used to that, I couldn't even imagine saying, oh, let me go do something else. It's like quitting smoking. Quitting yeah. smoking is so hard that when you quit, you're like, the, one of the things that keeps you from going back is you know how hard it is to quit again. Right. And writing is the fucking same way. Yeah. Right. Once you stop, you're like, ah, but you still need to take a, a few days. You can't just constant. But I mean, I'm a perfect guinea pig of somebody who overdid it. And I was like, I'm going to muscle my way through. You know what? Sometimes you can't muscle your way through. You got to fucking lay back a little bit. Really? Yeah. You can't just be like, I'm going to. I mean, I did it that way. And it has a negative effect, too, where you're like, I'm just going to write. And it's like, guess what? You're writing. It's you're spinning your wheels sometimes. You got to 
sometimes take a little time, you know, a day or two to just chill. You can't just you can't force your way in. Right. Do you think it's better now that you're not you have a girl now, too? It's better now that you have somebody in your life. Are you a better? Are you more relaxed and chilled that you get to go to dinner and watch a movie? Yeah, you have to chill like that sometimes. You know what I mean? I, th- yeah. I feel like it's better. It's much better. You can chill out. Right. Well, that's good, man. So you're not. What do you got? You doing the play again at all? No, you're done maybe. with it. It's I hope over. So, I'll, well, I have a few dates in January. I'm Where probably have to do in North Carolina. Or North something. Carolina, and then you're just writing these other projects. You have other projects yeah. you're working on. So you're gonna get something else out. Hell yes. Am I in any of them? You'll be in all of them, baby. Promise me? There's no promises in this business. <laughs> dude, thanks so much for coming by, dude. I love when you fucking do the podcast. This is a mellow one. I think it was the candle, dude. I lit a candle and I dimmed the light so we didn't fucking fight. I love it. All yeah. right. All right, buddy. I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. Bye, bro. Bye. Thanks again for listening to another episode of You Know What, Dude? Podcast on gloryholeradio.com. And make sure to check out all the other shows on the Glory Hole Network. If you're using the Stitcher app, type in the word FART when you register. iTunes users, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you're a real fan of the show and you want to show your support, go to gloryholeradio.com slash Robert Kelly and hit the donate button. $10 will get you a shout out on the air. $20 will get you my first CD, Robert Kelly Live, not available in stores. If you have any questions, email me at robertkelly at gloryholeradio.com.